Motivate Motivators. What's going on, Dr. Drill? With the Making Motivation Podcast. A lot to unpack here in a relatively short period of time. So let's get to it here. Heading home from the office. It's Wednesday. I'm out. It's not freaking 8 o'clock at night yet. It's uh, 7.38 p.m. on the 19th of April in the year 2023. It's been a good day. It's been a beautiful day. Sun is shining. Sun's almost about to dip below the horizon. Spring has sprung. It was uh, 60-something degrees today. It took a while for it to get up to that. It was a little chilly willy this morning. A little bit concerned with my, my horticulture, but I think we dodged the freeze. And uh, my garden is looking good. My horticulture the office is starting to look good. Got to get those planters all squared away. I've helped a bunch of people today, put smiles on faces and fire under the asses of the masses. The pace was good today. It wasn't a frenetic stress fest. Most people were on time. It's amazing what what a, a beautiful day will will do to people. It changes the mood. Sun is shining. It does something to us, right? It, it 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 chills us out a little bit. We're a little bit less concerned about the mundane and our stresses. You know, they're still there, but it, it's it's very helpful for our mental outlook, right? So people were largely pleasant today, and I had ample time to work with them. Got an hour and a half for lunch. Went home. Had a nice lunch with my bogey boy. Back in the afternoon, things went really well. It was a great day. Had some stimulating conversation, and I've been starting to write down some of my podcast ideas for the conversations that we have, so that I can I can make reference to it at the end of the day when I am hypoglycemic and just dog shit tired. I'm just thinking about heading home. I can recollect just a little jot, like a little cue, something to stimulate my memory. So, let's see. So, what went on here? Had some, uh, I hit the gym last night so that I could sleep in a little bit this morning. Still woke up around 6 for a 7.30 start. Everybody's all smiles today. It was good. I did some, uh, paid, paid some things forward today, right? So that's good. I, uh, I get handed a bunch of people my, uh, forward the contact for my HVAC guy, Jay Brick, Jason Brickolic, Heating and Cooling, or Jay Brick Heating and Cooling out of Sellersville. Good friend of mine, patient friend. He does my office and home HVAC. So he's good. You can trust him. Especially when you drop my name, you know, because, uh, you know, it's always helpful when you have a friend or somebody who can say, hey, Dr. O sent me. It'll mean something to him. Just like it'll mean something to me if he sends or refers somebody in for care. I had a uh, neighbor of mine come in later today, and he's like, man, my brakes, I think they're shot. You know, and I think uh, I need an oil change and 
I said, all right, bro, I drives in sales, you know, in medical sales, so he drives his ass, his ass off. I said, I'll tell you what, my guy's here, he's your mechanic, you know, my guy's like a stone's throw, and they're good. See, I called him when he was on the table, getting adjusted, and hey, Anthony Randazzo, Randazzo Automotive, you think you could get my friend's car in, I'm sorry for the short notice. He helped him out. He stayed a little bit late, took care of him, gave him my, my uh, friend some business, taking care of somebody, keeping them on the road, making sure they got brakes to stop their car, and paying it forward. Somebody paid it forward to me. A bunch of people recently sent in co-worker. Uh, my friend Missy, she sent in her co-worker. And woman had a great experience. I loved taking care of her. She was so pleasant, so relaxed. It was her first time getting adjusted. She loved it. She came said she came in the office. The woman who referred her said she came in the office and did the chef's kiss. You know, a little like blowing up a teat. It was great, great experience. That makes me feel good. I'm helping somebody and I'm honoring the referral of somebody who cares enough about somebody that they would confide in me for their care. I have a neighbor who's sending in her mother on Monday. I got another friend who has said, I haven't seen you in such a long time. I'm way overdue. She's coming in tomorrow. I can't wait to see her. Um, I have another guy. Such a nice guy. Um, just to paint a picture, he's this thin African-American guy, he's missing a bunch of teeth, he's got dreads, he's a chef, he is so nice, and of course, you know, I think he's nice in general, but he's especially nice to me because I'm, I've, I'm taking him out of pain, he had a car accident, and he said, man, I'm so glad I met you, that I feel so much better. You know, I did PT for this long, and it didn't help. And, man, you know, one visit, I'm feeling better. Better and better visit by visit. Thank you. That's awesome. You know, I'm so happy to be taking care of this guy. Make me feel good. He's telling me about his favorite thing to cook. He likes to make chicken waffles. He makes, he makes really good chicken and waffles. He likes different cuisine, different things. Today he talked about he has food all over his sweatpants. Telling me about the different... Um, dishes that they had to make works for a in a kitchen for a pharmaceutical company so they have all kinds of things events themes and he's just a he's a sweetheart of a guy I'm proud to know him and uh, enjoy my time with him good guy there's a lot of that you know somebody else confided me this evening this evening about you know their loved one who's sick listen to them and try to help and you know, pledge to serve. We followed up with a patient who just had open heart surgery uh, today. So, checking in on my heart people. Another friend just got a uh, gynecological surgery. Like a, um, anyway, none, none, of our, none of your business, but She's healing. She's doing well. You know, 
we're gonna do right by by each other. I'm I'm really honored to do to do right by people, help people, listen to them, make them laugh, hear their stories. Switching gears here, I'm gonna talk about the story of Robin Redbreast. If you remember last podcast, I was talking about artificial intelligence. Now, I know some of you guys are pretty stupid. Not stupid, but you, you think that you're stupid. You think that you this is above your intellect to consider something like artificial intelligence or chat GTP. What the fuck are they talking about? He's on going on about this again. You should try it. Like I talk to a lot of people, they see it in the news, but they still have not tried chat GTP. It's not the devil. It's not going to do anything bad to you. But you're using this technology. It's basically a, a sophisticated search engine. I talked last podcast about life 1.0, 2.0, which is us, and 3.0. 1.0 would be like single-cell organisms, the beginning of life biologically on Earth, which as far as we can as science can surmise, that's where, that's where life started. Single-cell organisms becoming multicellular organisms, like maybe a single cell, a bacteria engulfing some other sort of life form, maybe of the of the form of archaea. There's bacteria and archaea, I think they're called. Maybe a bacteria swallowed up uh, or merged with an archaea, and then, then you got two cells where you had you know, one. And somehow shit happened like that. Life, sim- simple life became complex, and on and on and on. That is a theory, right? And I think it's a good one. It's a lot more plausible that God sent his son down here to fucking, you know, die for our sins. And, you know, the world is 6,000 years old. It's just fucking stupid. We don't know everything, but we're smarter than that. We've crunched the numbers on the age of the earth and life and study things. You know, we, we understand some things. So... Robin Redbreast, talking to somebody the other day, and they're saying that they watched my friend Bobby. She said she's awesome, man. She's really smart, deep. Older woman, 70s. You know, she's got some stories to tell. She's, I love my time with her. So we laugh and carry on and tell stories and talk about music. and just She's a good friend. So... Robin Redbreast, she, she observes a robin, which she said a lot of people think that they look like they're innocent, but robins are actually quite aggressive and nasty. And she saw a robin looking at its reflection in a bumper of a car and trying to kill it, trying to fuck its eyes out. And we're talking about AI a little bit and how, oh, it's a little scary. And da, da, da. I said, well, you know, that's kind of like a beast would do that. A beast that is, I'm not saying other creatures are any lesser or they're, you know, less sophisticated, but they, that's what a beast thinks like. That's what separates us from the beast, that we're able to discern, to understand, like, that's my reflection when I look into a puddle. Right? That's me, you know, like we. Other creatures don't think on that level. They don't understand. 
they don't have the cognition. They don't have the the computer processing power in their nervous system like we do. They're smart, probably really smart and better at other things. Birds, they what are they? They fly, they eat, they shit, they reproduce. I don't know if you knew this, but birds have something called a cloaca, which is a joining, a joint birth canal and poop chute. So they crap out of the same hole that they conceive through. I don't know if you knew that, but it's true. Just as a little interesting aside. So, Robin Redbreast, do we want to be like beasts? Would be would we be better off? Like I often wonder, would we be better off as an animal, a beast, a wolf, a gorilla, some sort of simpler life form that did not evolve to the point where we can do things like split the atom, and instead of using that for energy, we use it to blow up each other up, right? Would it, would we be better off having not evolved to the point where we can create something, some Frankensteinian computer capability, like artificial intelligence? Like we are replacing ourselves, right? Here we're top of the food chain. We're calling all the shots. There's so many humans on this planet, seven, almost eight billion humans on this planet. We have a huge footprint, and we've caused the extinction and change the ecosystem of many creatures and and change the ecosystem forever. Like we have transformed this earth to the point where we're wondering if, if we don't change the way we operate here, whether it's warfare that that destroys us or um, climate change, it's something that we Something that we do will cause the doomsday clock to strike midnight. Like, that's probable. I think we all sense that and can, you know, it can be determined that that's the most significant probability. Like, humans, as the most dominant creature on Earth, we have the power to destroy this Earth, make it uninhabitable. Right? So would we be better off having not involved? That is a question, a really, really good question. And I think the answer is probably yes. Like if we're talking about the the well-being of the planet and all of its creatures of which we are only one, this ecosystem. That's where we're at. That's what I want people to think about is just to be aware. Like this is where we're at. As I said previously, AI is us creating an intelligence greater than our own. You know, it was only yesterday, really, that the first computer, supercomputer, beat the the most dominant human in chess or some other thinking game. We've surpassed that now. We're getting to the point, that's just an example. We're getting to the point where these technologies, as they reproduce themselves and learn, like you set something to work and it starts learning. If this this AI has the ability to gather the crunch numbers and build a better mousetrap and and improve itself over and over and over again exponentially in short periods of time, 
it is now and will get even smarter, far smarter than us. Right? So should AI remain under our control, not, you know, be purposed in a terrible way, can human beings or want to do that, like we want to fucking create problems. We want to, you know, be powerful. We want to be dominant. You know, if you have a technology that you think you could, it gives you an edge against the competition, the enemy, whatever, and you're going to develop that and you're going to potentially use it. So things are going to start happening rather rapidly because even though we, we try to do this six-month hold on AI development, that's probably going to make people feel like, oh, wait a second, that's probably like the oh shit, this is actually something that's really powerful, far more powerful than we could ever imagine, and it's going to supersede our intelligence, so then that's going to make people want it more, it's creating scarcity, right? So if you have a person or company or or state actor, you have, it's a race to develop this technology and use it for ourselves to basically win at the expense of the competition. I hope you were able to follow all that. It's pretty simple, I think. You should definitely look into this more. You should understand these tools like artificial AI, chatbot. There's all kinds of Bing, or Microsoft has one. I think it's under the title of Bing. It's an AI chatbot. And each, you know, there's going to be many different versions of this coming out and being used for various purposes, many of them useful and invaluable, and many of them, you know, it only takes one to be something diabolical, something evil, some asshole to use it for the wrong purposes, and then we're, we're in a hurt locker. So, think about that. That was the story of Robin Redbreast. Do we want to be the fucking Robin? Uh, would we rather be better off as a Robin? screaming at its reflection in the mirror or slamming into a window or looking at a bumper and trying to peck, peck its fucking own eyes out because the perceived threat. Would we, would we be better off in the animal kingdom as some lesser developed creature or having this gift, this capability of, you know, great technological advancement are we going to rise to the occasion and use this to solve some of the really important problems, intractable problems that mankind has, use it for good? I think we should. But we're kind of like, we're at that point. So even if you're uninterested in this, look to hear more about this in the future constantly because it's a thing out there. It is a godlike technology. Will we worship it? Will we use it or misuse it? All right, break. That is part one. Now, I'm going to try and knock this one out uh, secondarily. This is kind of interesting. I was talking to a former chemist this morning. We're talking about a lot of things. Talking a little bit about politics. Talking about the notion of, uh, uh, I heard a podcast uh, host refer to Um, podcast host referred to the news bulletins as like bumper stickers. 
people just seeing bumper stickers. It's like the cool bumper sticker I saw a while back said, you know, fueled by bitch juice, bitch dust, fueled by bitch dust. Well, that reminds me here, that little whiny car with the fucking uh, exhaust. I keep hearing more and more about people getting their, and businesses getting their catalytic converters stolen, cut off under cover of darkness because there are um, some precious metals in there that scumbags, thieves, and and druggies can then um, recycle and turn in for monetary value. They are platinum, palladium, and rhodium. I asked uh, Alexa that. Platinum, of course, you know, you know that's a very it's a precious metal. I don't know about palladium and rhodium, but um, there's a value of these fucking things. And apparently, there's a law against uh, turning in for monetary value uh, catalytic converters in Pennsylvania. But in New Jersey, you can do it. So that's where the assholes go. They steal a bunch of catalytic converters, like, for instance, from a car dealership. Or a truck, like big trucks, I guess, they have a bigger catalytic converter, right? So they take these things and sell them or whatever. I actually had a, another patient today tell me that their, she has a Kia, and her car insurance went up, I don't know, like $1,000 a year or something, because there's a TikTok challenge where people are stealing Kias. And another source this evening suggested that maybe... Kias have more, you know, a certain type of catalytic, catalytic converter, so it's particularly more valuable. Toyotas, Kias, and whatever. So that's fucking interesting. But back on track, um, and this is interesting. There's this. It's almost looked like somebody took a barn, and uh, I'm going up Allentown Road north here, towards Quakertown, as I complete this podcast. And there's like this, somebody took an old barn and tore it down and all the contents of it. It's like combines and old metal iron farming implements are all in a twisted pile, giant twisted pile. I actually would like to go kick, you know, dig around through that and see what's going on. Try not to get uh, tetanus. So, uh, getting dark, it's 8 p.m. Um, so I was talking to my friend, she's a former chemist and she's a fitness buff. She's probably 70 and she's, uh, she works out a lot. I'm talking to her about fitness and chemistry and politics and the bumper stickers that, you know, the politics that we see, uh, the, te- the headlines as we're working out, we're looking at these monitors in the gym, Planet fitness for me, for instance, and, like we're looking at bumper stickers. That's what people, that's this podcast host described the political climate as. All these, you know, this shit, just this, um, okay, penis head. Try to be a gentleman. Yeah, you can go. It's one lane bridge. So, um, nice to people. They yield. And then I'll go over and the next person goes over. 
very kind, you know. So, um, here I am, Allentown Road and whatever road. The two churches run across from one another. I just wondered how the fuck that happened. And they're literally right across the road from one another. It's a tiny little road. So, talking to this chemist, uh, retired chemist, and we're talking about everything fitness, politics, bumper stickers, you know, crazy human beings. Um, and we start talking about, I told her a story about that meathead who, who approached me the other day and was teaching me this new shoulder workout. Like he was, he was desperate for, to show me this thing. And so I humored him, and I'm glad I did because he just did something different. We talk about molds, we talk about um, root approaches, routines that might be useful to us. You know, things that this, this is the way I do it. This is the way I make my soup. This is the way I do my workouts. This is the way I drive to work. This is the clothes that I wear. This is my routine. You know, don't change it on me. We clutch to our, we hold our, our routine so sacred. Like we would, we can never change them. We change them at like, rocks our world, some people. And I think a routine is useful. I think it's good. It's very useful, but we have to, we can't be afraid to step out of our comfort zone or change, embrace change, you know? And so I described to her how this guy was, uh, first I was not wanting to hear this guy out and I had my headphones on, I'm doing my workout and I didn't want to get his tutelage, receive his tutelage on this, but I, he was kind to me, handed me a couple dumbbells, and he clearly wanted to engage, so I let him do his thing, and he kind of supervised me doing a couple sets of this routine, and it was a challenge. So it was nice of him to do that. And I'm glad he did that because I learned something. I had a different, I had a new experience. So my friend, chemist, said, yeah, you know, the order of operations order of addition. So if we're talking about a chemical reaction, if you have a bunch of different reagents, that's what the individual chemist um, chemicals are that you might use in a certain recipe to make whatever, you know, uh, let's say we're making uh, table salt. You take sodium and chloride and you make table salt. Alone, sodium is actually a metal, a soft metal that's combustible. Like if you put it in the, expose it to water, there's videos, it fucking blows up. So it's very reactive. And chloride is another chemical. You put these two that, that is alone, it's, um, it's, just a, it's just a metal. You put sodium and chloride together and bond them in a certain way, you have an ionic bond you have table salt, something we all season our food with, and it's actually the primary um, electrolyte, primary salt that our body uses for so many processes, for nerves to fire, you know, for your nervous system to work, for all of our hydration, something called the sodium-potassium pump, you know, which makes, maintains a ratio of sodium inside our cells. We need a lot of sodium, and outside our cells, we want a lot of potassium, and this whole sodium potassium pump is a big deal in physiology. Anyway, 
if you take a bunch of chemicals and you're making something, you have to add them in a certain order, right? Because you add one element, let's say, you know, you could be making a, a chemical or you could be making soup. There's a proper way, you know. Oftentimes there's there's a se- appropriate sequence as to how to do this, how to make this recipe. And if you try to do things differently, your soup, your recipe, your fucking loaf of bread, your beer that you're brewing, your chemical reaction, it might not go, it might not turn out. Your cake, you get the point. You know, there's a proper, there's an order of operations that you need to follow in order to come out with an expected certain result. And I feel like we all will will follow this, follow our order, that something that works for us or something that we've been taught or something that by experience we have learned, like this is the best way to do this. So it makes sense that we would adhere to this sort of logic, you know, use our minds to solve problems in a certain way. Like this is the solution to this problem. This is the way that I make this recipe. So you're doing grandma's recipe, you're making sauce, and this is what she does. She takes the fucking uh, tomatoes, and she peels them, and then she crushes them, and then she, you know, dices up some onions and garlic, and this type of, this spice and that spice, and she adds them all separately, and this is what makes grandma's tomato gravy particularly delicious. And it may be. Following her order of operation, you should be able to make that that tomato sauce. But you can also change in certain circumstances. We can't be afraid to make our own sauce. Or we can't be afraid to wonder about, okay, well, this is the way that I that I was taught to do it. Um, maybe I could do something a little bit differently and come out with a slightly different result that I'm looking for. And you could fuck up that cake. You could ruin the experiment and ultimately not come out with the product that you're looking for. You know, you you, you take a risk in, in changing your approach to anything. But you never know that little tweak, that little extra ingredient that you decide to add. Once you know a routine that works, once once I have a version of my workout, you know, uh, 48 years of, of exercising and being inside my body, I do know I, my opinion matters as to obviously how I behave. But you can't be afraid to try something a little bit different once you have a handle, once you have a baseline. It's okay to start trying new things. And that's what the order of op- the order of operations means. Also, I think she said order of addition, but I was most interested in the chemical and her, her as a chemist talking about how you got to order, you got a specific.
chemicals that you're going to, uh, quantities you're going to add to uh, an experiment, let's say, and you need to follow that recipe. But you know, to make that medicine, whatever, right? She worked in pharma. So this is how you make this antibiotic, add these ingredients together. And it's proven to be effective if made this way. Yeah. No harm at some point to start researching, investigating. If I could just do a little tweak, maybe I'll make it even better. You need to get that experiment reproduced and you determine that it, to determine, to establish whether or not it's better. You know, or you can take grandma's. Uh, tomato sauce recipe and, and make it her way for the rest of your life where you can start adding a little something else and risk you know take a risk that might make result in a shitty ass tomato sauce that you know oh I could never make it like grandma makes but you also might make it might improve it possible just because things were done one way forever taught to us one way. It doesn't mean that we can't, you know, make it ours, prove it in some way. Think about the martial artist who, you know, studies different disciplines and then uses something about their mind, something about their body, something about their experiences that will make them able to create their own style. Right? You read a book or, or watch a story about somebody creating their own style. You know, I went to school to the, the Culinary Institute of America, CIA, and this is the way they, they taught us how to make all these dishes and all these sauces and all these things. This is how they're done. But then what makes you unique? Using all those skills, all those tools that you have, you have the option of staying inside, coloring inside the lines, or trying to make something beautiful that is altogether unique and something you can claim as your own. So I'm for that. All right. 34-minute podcast. I think I got some good stuff out there. You guys have a great weekend coming up. Tomorrow's Thursday. Let's finish strong. Okay, guys, and take names.